Well, good morning to the peace of Christmas at Riverside. And um, all that you've seen up to now this morning represents people who walk into services like this carrying the cares of the world and carrying things in with them uh, that um, maybe you have carried in today around this congregation. People going through stuff and coming into a church like this. So it may not be that you're homeless, and, um, but maybe there's a family situation that's going on that no one knows about, but you know about it and you're working through it and it robs your Christmas of joy. Uh, you may be a single mom or a single dad here today and you're struggling with all that that means. And um, you know, it's always been the desire of God uh, to bring peace on earth. More than that, it's been the desire of God to bring peace to your life. It becomes very personal then that God wants to bring peace into your life. The word peace as it's found in the Bible, in the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, the Hebrew language, it's the word shalom. In the New Testament, written in the Greek language, it's the Greek word irene, and it's at its most basic meaning, it means the absence of conflict. In fact, it means more than that. It also means something better in the place of conflict. So that it not only means that now there's an end to the conflict, but something comes in that's better than the conflict. To have the real priest of Christmas this year, you do not just need the end of conflict. You need something better in the place of conflict. Now, I'm going to ask them to bring the lights up just a little bit. And um, I want you to get honest with me. Now, I always say here at Riverside, if there's a place you're going to be honest, it's got to be in church, hasn't it? But... The fact is right now, I want you to be honest with me and answer a question uh, that, um, uh, that I'd like you to get honest about. How many here this morning have something or some things happening in your life that you wish were different right now? There are things that are happening in your life you wish were different. If that's you, just raise your hand. Let me see, yes, right over the place, many people going through stuff that you wish was different. I, I know for many that this time of year is the best time of year, but for some, this is the very worst time of the year. For some, you have had things happening that are robbing you of the joy of Christmas, um, things that are going on in your life. It may be health issues. For others, it may be um, financial problems. For others, there are family situations that are happening. Uh, and, and then so many here would relate to this when, of course, at Christmas, there's this crazy thing that's called the Christmas rush. For some here this morning, even being here is a bit of a pain to you because you've got a million and one things that you want to get done before Christmas. And you got invited to this thing, you got invited to the show here, you got invited because someone was in it and, and, and you need to come along and see them and you've come along, and, but really you could be doing a million and one other things. 
But I've got you trapped for an hour. All right, so you're here. <laughs> but a Christmas rush with presents to buy and people to see, events to attend, family and friends to make happy, house to be cleaned, house to be decorated, meals to be made, and then we have to go off to grandma's house, and well, it's all just chaotic and far from peaceful. These are all peace-destroying things. Now, let me tell you something. If you're going to live in peace, it's not going to happen by accident. Oh, no. If you really want peace in your life, then something has got to happen. It's not going to just happen by accident. Every day, every day of our lives, we have opportunities to get upset Every day of our lives, we have opportunities to be offended. Every day of our lives, we have opportunities to live a life of worry and to have so many anxieties that grip our hearts and minds. These things are happening because life happens. People get on our nerves, unexpected bills come in, and family members are in hospital. Um, and, And so chaos is something that's going to happen because life happens. Let me tell you right now, right up front, friends, that if you think that you're going to wait until your circumstances change, if you think you're going to wait till your relationship problems work out or your health issues get sorted out, and you say, when all that happens, then I'm going to stop worrying. Let me tell you something, you'll be waiting all your life because life happens. These things happen. God never promised that he would keep us from difficulties. He never said that there wouldn't be storms that we would have to go through. His promises to us is this, that he will give us peace in the midst of our storm. That he will be there in the midst of our difficulties. See, as Jesus followers this Christmas, we have what the Bible calls a peace that passes understanding. It is that when we're going through issues and when we're going through stuff and when we're facing things uh, that uh, really others in the world would get all uptight out and about and worry about and, and, and really find life very difficult. When you're a Jesus follower, when you've surrendered your life to Jesus, it is that we have this peace that passes understanding. So the medical report doesn't sound good. But I'm not going to get worried because I know that God has me in the palm of his hand. And that promotion, it never came. The promotion that you were hoping for never came. But I'm not going to be upset. I know that God has something better coming down the road for me. Or it is that a co-worker was rude to me. But I'm not going to be offended. God is my vindicator and I know he will fight my battles. Now, I have to tell you something. If you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower here, you have to protect your peace. We are never created to live uptight and on edge. We were never intended to live lives of worry and anxiety. To be honest, this is the reason that many people have health issues. 
It's the reason they can't sleep at night. It's the reason why their food won't digest. It's the reason they have ulcers. It's mostly because their minds are never at rest. They are constantly trying to figure everything out. Worrying about their health. Worrying and upset about their job. Stressing about their finances. Uptight in traffic. We were never created to be like that. Hey, how many will say yes to this? Our our minds need a break. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Christians... People who are followers of Jesus, people who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, they do something on purpose. You see, the Bible instructs Christians in this way. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 in the Bible, it says this, Cast all your anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for you. So so this is the instruction that Christians have. You have to do something to protect your peace. You have to do something in order to know peace in the midst of chaos. Christians are told what to do. And they have to do it if they're going to know peace in their lives. They have to cast all their anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for them. We as Christians realize... That we were never designed to carry the load of worry that many in our society are carrying. The fact is that what Christians know is this, that God wants to carry us and our worries. He wants to carry us and our problems. The key that Jesus' followers know or they should know is this. Listen very carefully. When we rest, God goes to work. And when we work, God rests. Now I'm going to say that again because I want you to remember this. I want you to take it into your future. It is this, that when we rest, God goes to work. When we work, God rests. See, when we are worrying and we are stressing over things, what happens is this, we are making our worries and our concerns and the things we're going through bigger than God. So that now our worries and our anxieties, our problems, our cares, we now are so taken up with them that they become bigger than God himself. And God comes along and he says, okay, I will leave you to it. When you figure out you can't do it on your own, when you figure out where where you're at and that you cannot carry that on your own, I'll come back and help you. Until then, I'm just going to rest. When we come back to a place of peace, when we say, oh God, I trust you with my life. When we come back to that place where we cast our burden upon the Lord, then all sorts of things begin to happen to bring us through what we're going through. Oh, I tell you, when we talk like that, That's when God goes to work and divine peace comes into our lives. When we begin to say, I can't do this on my own. When I get to the place of saying, I can't carry this any longer on my own. God says, oh, I've been waiting for you to come there. Now give it to me and I'll carry you and the problem. And he picks us up. Hey, listen, friends, listen carefully. Worry is a thief, 
Oh, oh yeah, it, it will rob you of your sleep at night. It, it will rob you of your health. It, it will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your creativity. You will not function at the level you are meant to function when you're carrying worry and anxiety here. How many know you never make good decisions when you're worrying? You never make good decisions when you're full of anxiety. Scripture says that we cannot add one inch to our lives by worrying. If we could, friends, some of us would be 25 feet tall. The fact is we can't add an inch to our lives by worrying. Let me tell you, that's the reason we want you to meet And fall in love with and surrender your worries to. The one who the prophet Isaiah, when he was talking about the future king that was to come, he called him the prince of peace. He he says there's one coming who will be the prince of peace. He is the one that the angels uh, who were, uh, I, I should say the shepherds who were on the hillside of Bethlehem, when the angels came and told them that there was a child being born, this is what they said about that child. He says, listen, there will be peace on earth because of this child that was being born. You see, the fact is that only Jesus Christ can bring peace. Oh, we celebrate him as a child that was born in a stable and laid in a manger at this time of year. When it gets to Easter, we celebrate a life that has lived sinless, been lived sinlessly for 30 years. And now it is that he gets to the end of his life and he surrenders his life as a 33-year-old on the cross. And he dies a sinless sacrifice for our sins. And then he rose again from the dead. And Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is alive today. And he's actually in this room this morning and wants to meet with you. See, peace, friends, listen, peace is not a mystical something that we all hope for. No, peace is not a thing. It's a person. And his name is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He is the peace that comforts us. You have things in your life right now that are going haywire. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, wants to bring you comfort. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said this, my peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, if you have a chat with Letty anytime, she will tell you that I'm not good at anything around the house that involves electricity and water, all right? I'm no good with electricity and I'm no good with the plumbing. And she'll tell you that because she's had experience of me trying to sort those things out. And um, and, and, um, we've had some near misses of burning a house down and and flooding a house at one time. We've gone through those things and and whenever I'm messing with electricity, uh, Letty gets a little tense. And, and if I'm messing with the plumbing, well, it, I, she's always getting on to me. She says, you know, you never ask anyone to help you. You ought to ask people to help you. And I'm not good at that. I try to get things done on my own. And, um, 
But when it comes to electricity and water, I'm beginning to learn, and I, I've got two good friends. Their names are Chip Allenbar and Gene Berardi here. I, I recently had a problem at my house, and, uh, and there was this circuit breaker that kept tripping, and, and I couldn't find out why it was happening. Why was this electric breaker tripping all the time? And, and I was messing with it. Letty was getting more and more worried because I was messing with it. And, and finally, I gave in and I called Chip and Gene. And I said, I, I'm ever so sorry to trouble you, but I'm having this problem with a circuit breaker. I can't fix it. I can't. Can you help me? And, and uh, they turned up to the house. I wasn't there, actually. I was out doing something. And Letty let them in. And within minutes of them arriving... I get this text from Letty saying, they found the problem and they put it right. And I'm thinking, I've been on that for days and weeks. What on earth? And, and they had sorted out. You see, what happened was this. I was without peace, but Gene and Chip came and gave me their peace. Hey, listen, listen. In the same way, Jesus says, in the midst of all your worries... In the midst of all your anxieties, in the midst of all your cares, I want you to experience my peace because my peace I give to you. And, he has, and it'll be nothing like you've ever experienced in your life before now. He will comfort you in the midst of your sorrows and anxieties. I'm not offering you a system, I'm not offering you a program. It's a person. It's the Son of God, the Prince of Peace. See, those of us who have put their total trust in Jesus for their lives, they know about this peace. Look at this verse in the Bible. It's Philippians 4 and verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Oh, brother, I want to tell you that I have experienced this peace in my life. In fact, I can remember the first time that I experienced the peace of God. As an 18-year-old, I left home and I went to serve the Lord. I left home at 18 to follow the call of God into the ministry. And I went to a city um, not far from London to help plant a church. Well, six months into me being away from Wales, I had traveled from Wales. I was now up in London and um, about six months after I'd left home to go and follow the call of God, one early morning I was woken up by someone throwing pebbles at my bedroom window. They tried to wake me with the doorbell. They tried to wake me with shouting through the letterboxes. Letterboxes are on the doors in, in, in the UK. And they couldn't wake me up. And now they were throwing pebbles at my window. And, and I, I woke up with a start and I, I went to the window and looked out and there was the pastor that I was working under and, and, and he calls me down and, um, and he came to tell me that my mother had just had a sudden heart attack 
And she died. She was 53 years of age. Well, I was totally stunned. And the next hours as I was driven back to Wales, they were a total blur to me. I can't even remember the journey back to Wales that day. See, my mum was my best friend. My dad was always busy. He had the church to run. He also had a job that he was doing. He was a coal miner. And and he was always extremely busy. But my mum was always there for me. She was the one that would talk to me and help me through situations that I was going through. And and the fact was, she was my best friend besides being my mum. Now suddenly she's gone. An aunt, trying to encourage me, she said to me, you know, John, your mum loved you so much. And actually, when you left home to go and serve the Lord, it broke her heart. And, uh, and, 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 and those words just got to me, and um, I felt that I had caused her death. I felt I was responsible for her death, and I couldn't shake off the sadness until I sat in the funeral service, I was so taken up with grief that my, my older brother had to hold me up that day. And, 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 and we get into the funeral service and I'm weeping and I'm weeping and weeping when suddenly the presence of God filled my heart. Suddenly, I found God was coming very close to me, coming close to my overwhelmed and broken heart. And I felt him say this, It was not your fault. And in that moment, I felt the peace of God that passes understanding, the peace of God that I can't put fully into words, the peace of God that only those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ know about. It filled my broken heart. And although I still grieved and had to go through the grieving process, There was peace in my spirit and peace in my heart that was unbelievable. You know, over the years, my journey has been marked by times that I call winter seasons. We all have them, and if you feel you've never had a winter season, get ready because you will have one. You know, since living in Illinois, I've come to see what winters can really be like. Um, I, I had never felt so cold as I felt in living in Illinois. I'd never seen snow like I, 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 I've seen here in Illinois. In fact, the, the first few months after we arrived here, winter started and, and, and one day I had to take the garbage can out and so I was just dressed in a shirt and pants and, 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 um, and I got the... the car to take out and and I I hadn't realized that it was nearly 20 below and so I went out and I took this out and then I come back in the house and and I'm standing there and Letty's looking at me wondering what was happening because all I could do was I couldn't talk I'd never experienced anything like that in my whole life I've experienced spiritual winter seasons too. I've been through a number of them. Seasons of sadness, seasons of doubt, seasons of fear, seasons when God seems so far away. But you know what I found out, friends? 
that when I look back on my life, the seasons when I felt God was so far away are the times when I felt God the most present. It was in those times that he came and filled my heart with peace. It was in those times when he came and he brought peace to my overwhelmed, troubled heart. I'll never forget that moment in my mother's funeral when the peace of God came and the moment since that I have experienced the peace of God in my life. I don't know about others here. Just, just help me here. If you're a Christian, listen, I I don't know about others here, but I just can't live my life without Jesus Christ. I just can't live without him. I can't live without the peace that he brings to my life. Now, I want to bring you just one more thing and then we'll be out of here. But listen, Jesus is the peace who saves us. Look at these verses from Romans 5. It says in verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place to undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now note this. It doesn't say, it doesn't say because we have worked our way into God's good books. I've worked my way. I've done good deeds. I'm in God's good books. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say because I've become religious and I've learned all the creeds and I've learned all the hymns and I've learned all this and that and, uh, that and, and I've worked my way into God's good books. It doesn't say that. It says, since we have been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. It means, friends, that only when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ can we know his peace. It it means, friends, that we're not working for it. We're not trying to fight for it. No, God brings it to us. And all I have to do is open my heart and say, I surrender my life to you. And then in rushes the peace of God. Can I ask you a straight question? Forget everyone else around you. I'm talking to you. Can I ask you this morning, do you have the peace of God? Now, don't rush to answer it. God's watching. But, but do you really have the peace of God? Is it that you now have peace with God? See, the Bible says this, and, and, and our culture doesn't like words like this. But the fact is that the Bible says it very, care, very clearly. That it, that it is that without Jesus in our lives, without knowing God in our lives... We are at war with God. Oh, that, that's what the Bible says. That, that if, if you don't have God's peace living inside of you, then you're at war with God. How many know if you're going to be at war with anyone, don't be at war with God? When you're at war with God, there's an absence of peace. But listen, God wants to come to right where you are. And give you something better in place of your conflict. 
He wants to come in and give you peace in the midst of your storm. He wants to forgive every sin that you've ever committed and the main sin that you have committed, that you have never allowed Jesus to be your Lord, that you've never allowed Jesus to be the ruler of your life, that you've never allowed Jesus to come into your life and take control so that now when you're facing what life sends you, what life happens, the fact is that you have Jesus that says, you can leave it to me, you can rest and I'll go to work on your behalf. So the Christians know that they can cast all their cares upon him and you can know his peace within your heart and within your life. God wants you to End the war between you and him. He wants to give you a brand new start. He wants you to know that he is God and that he can handle your life better than you can handle your life. He wants you to allow him in. He wants you to do this. He wants you to surrender all that there is of you to him. And say, Lord Jesus, you're in charge. You're in control Forgive my past, go with me into the future. I surrender my life to you. You know, I love seeing the bell ringers outside the stores. I feel sorry for them these days because hardly anybody carries cash. But the fact is I love to see them. And whenever I see them, the Salvation Army bell ringers, I, I think back to a guy who, was, uh, who has been my hero uh, his name was William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. Uh, and once he was asked, what's the secret of your success? Uh, and this is what William Booth said with tears in his eyes. He said, I, I, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. He said, there have been men with greater brains than I have. Men with greater opportunities. But from the day that I got Jesus on the inside. And I got the poor of London in my heart. The poor and the broken of London in my heart. And I got a vision of what God could do through me and with me to help these people. He said on that day I made up my mind. That God should have all of William Booth that there was. He said, I surrendered all of William Booth to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this, friends. And by the way, this will tweet. This is a great tweet you can do if you want to tweet. But listen, the measure of your peace this Christmas will be according to the measure of your surrender to Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How much of Jesus is in you? How, how much have you surrendered to Jesus Christ? How much have you allowed Him to have of your life? The measure of how much you will allow Jesus into your life is the measure of the peace that you will have. So I want to ask you this morning, will you surrender to the peace giver, the Prince of Peace? I, I want to ask you if you've known him and you've wandered away from him, 
And although you're pretending to be a Christian and you're, you're going through all the rituals and the motions, no, you've wandered away from the place of peace and you need come to the place of surrender. Of saying, no, he's going to have all of me from today. I'm inviting the peacemaker, the peace giver into my heart and into my life. I'm saying, Jesus, I'll rest. You go to work on my behalf. And he said, that's what I've been waiting for. I want to go to work on your behalf. So I'm going to ask that we bow in prayer together right now. Don't let anyone or any noise or anything distract you right now, but just keep your minds on what I'm saying at this moment. I'm going to pray. Now, Jesus, will you draw people in this room to a place of full surrender of their lives to you, the one and only peace giver? Holy Spirit, will you work right now and do what I can't do? Will you come and just cause people to surrender their lives to you? Now, wherever you are here this morning, I want to ask you to surrender to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to pray it out loud. I just want you to pray it in your heart and in your mind, and God will hear it and will answer. This is the prayer that I want you to pray. Just pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe you are the peace giver. I also believe that you want to save me from and forgive my sin. I surrender my will to you. I surrender my life to you. Will you be my friend? Will you be my savior? And will you be the ruler of my life? Will you be the prince of peace in my life? I surrender my life to you. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, I know that Jesus has answered it. See, what you did right now was you knocked on heaven's door. And, 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 and as you knocked on heaven's door, Jesus was there. And Jesus said, I'll come in. I'll now take over. I'll now take control. I'll now be the Prince of Peace in your life. And all you have to say is yes to him. Yes to Jesus, the peace giver. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know he's heard your prayer and he's come into your life. <laughs> you know, last night, as people were leaving, a little 10-year-old girl came up to me and she said to me, Hi, Pastor King. My name is Abigail, and I just said yes to Jesus. And, and she said, Pastor King, Pastor King, why was it when I was saying yes to Jesus, I began to cry, and I couldn't stop crying? Why was that? And I said, because Jesus was coming in and coming to live on the inside of you, and Abigail... He's going to go with you into the rest of your life now. 
I said, Jesus is living on the inside of you and you can tell him anything and everything and he'll love you and help you. And what I said to little 10-year-old Abigail is true for you. Now listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to let me pray for you. And so if you prayed that prayer right now, sincerely from your heart, I want to pray for you. So all I want you to do is this. Will you raise your hand? You're saying, yes, I prayed that prayer. That's right, keep your hands up. Hands are going up all over the place. Keep them up because I want you to know that God has seen it. Just as I'm seeing your hands right now, God heard your prayer. He heard your cry. I'm looking up in the balcony and I see hands right up in the back of the balcony there. And I want you to know that God visits the balcony as well as downstairs. And right now, I've got to tell you, you are forgiven. The past has gone because you asked Jesus to deal with your past and to forgive your sin. As you prayed that prayer, he did it and he's now living on the inside of you. And you are going to walk from this place today with none other than the Prince of Peace living on the inside of you. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone who raised their hands here right now. I pray, Lord God, that the reality of what has happened will grip their hearts and minds. The Lord, they will know that their sin that was once holding them down and dragging them towards hell has now been dealt with by Jesus. And you, Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, have come to live on the inside of these people. Oh, and what you've done for us, you're going to do for them. I pray that the Prince of Peace will fill your hearts with peace this Christmas so that you know that He is God, that He's going to work on your behalf from this moment on. And all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Father, hear my cry and bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, before um, we close out here, Sarah is going to sing this wonderful carol again. And as she does, I want you, if you raise your hands and you have a phone, take out your phone, if you will, and you're going to text, all right? We're going to put a number on the screen right now. Uh, There it is. Look, it says, I said yes. It's all one word. And you text it to 309-518-1717. All right, we're going to leave that on the screen. And, and I want you to do that right now. And, and, and you will get a reply from us and, and we will be in touch with you. And also, here's the other thing. For those who raise your hand, visit the tables outside in the foyer as you leave that said, I said yes. And they're going to give you some literature that's going to help you as you start to walk with the Prince of Peace, all right? So make sure you go to those tables before you leave. But right now, just remain in your seats while Sarah sings this song. And, and um, you can be doing that text into that number. I said yes is what you're going to put in there. And uh, then we'll come back and close out.